Hello, I'm Josh Way. And I'm Ben Eggleston. Welcome to our podcast here at Shutter Speed Media. This is a podcast for people interested in video and photo production in the automotive industry. Our goal is to share, educate, and entertain you with stories and experiences we have, plus bring on guests to share their experiences in this field. And Ben, we've got a guest today again, another um, great photographer in the automotive world. Um, many of you have probably heard of him or follow him already. He's shot for many big manufacturers, lots of private collections that are like mind-blowing. Um, and I've personally followed him for a long time, seeing his work um, and being very inspired by um, his style and his um, just technique of shooting and capturing cars um, with really cool lighting and just really getting into following the designs of cars and really emphasizing their best features, I think. Um, so yeah, without uh, without further ado, again, let's introduce Jeremy Cliff. How are you doing, Jeremy? Pretty good, pretty good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're it's a pleasure to have you and and uh, build build on Shutter Speed Media a little bit with bringing in some uh, qualified guests. So you're more than qualified, actually. But um, tell me tell me a little bit first here about uh, kind of your story and where you are from, how you got started in photography, and um, where it began for you. Yeah, so I grew up uh, just outside of Chicago, uh, still live in the Chicago area. Uh, really got started with photo stuff just from the skate park. Um, kind of grew up uh, doing the BMX thing at the skate park and, and whatnot, got into video work first, uh, just kind of filming all the stuff we were doing back then. And then that slowly transitioned into uh, photography. Sometime, like, I guess senior year of high school, I took a photo class and was like, hey, this is pretty cool. A lot less gear to carry around, a lot smaller equipment. Um, you know, let's, let's try this out. Uh, ended up going to school for video production and then got really interested in photography about halfway through college. Um, cool. Yeah, just kind of something more uh more fun at the time you know do you do more video stuff um still uh trying to now uh just with kind of the way things are changing and whatnot and uh, just some of the guys that i've met over the years you know just being working on some of these larger video sets you know doing the photo side of it so i've definitely taken an interest in video again so we'll see where it goes yeah uh, something i'd like to explore more down the line I've definitely found that the two mix well together and it's it's at least good to to have um partners that have the video experience that you can work with on projects rather than trying to take it all on yourself but I mean having a base knowledge is important but um video and photo I think are are part of every major car project um I've ever been involved in uh for the most part. Yeah, same. Same. And it seems like more brands are kind of going the way of at least the bigger productions of combining photo and video instead of making them two separate productions. They're trying to lump them all into one. Um, so just being able to work with a video crew or if you have your own video crew, um, it's kind of or just even be able to adapt and work alongside those guys. It's a pretty big, right. big thing right now. That brings some challenges along the way, too, that um... – that you have to work around and on projects kind of in projects I've been on and you have to kind of take turns, you know, with, with the subject, the car and dealing with, uh, um, 
obviously the passing of the light. If you're working in a, in a tight schedule on a certain day, you have to both trade off time with the subject to get what you need during certain times of day with certain lights and definitely causes some challenges, um, to deal with, but I've, I've, um, I've enjoyed it working with a couple of my video partners. So. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely poses challenges, but it's a, it's a fun challenge sometimes. So it seems like the more and more some of the companies are doing it, the more and more they're realizing that, you know, if they want to, if they want two good products, then they need to, to really dedicate time to both mediums, you know? So some of them that I've done lately, they've, they've sent two cars or, you know, they've had, they've booked two locations and, you know, they'll give the photo one location and the video one location and they'll, they'll swap midway through or, you know, stuff sure. like that. So it's, uh, it's been good just to kind of adapt, you know, with, with some of these things. Right. So back, um, backing up a little bit, what, uh, what has been your camera ch- uh, choice from the beginning? If you, where'd you start? Um, what do you work with now? What's, uh, what's your preferences? So my, my then girlfriend, now wife, uh, and my mom bought me a Canon Rebel XT when I was in, for my birthday in, let's see, would have been like freshman year of college, somewhere in there. Um, okay. And that's that's what kicked off the photo thing for me. Uh, used that for a number of years, and then went from that to a 40D, and then and from that to, I guess, the, the 5D Mark II, I think, at the time was the first like big camera that I bought. Used that for years, still have it. Um, bought a Mark III, 5D, still have that. And then when the mirrorless thing became, you know, all the rage, tried my hand in that with a Sony A7R. Wasn't for me. Um, still have that as a paperweight because that's about all it's good for. <laughs> um, and then recently, about two years ago, I switched just totally to uh, Nikon. I picked up the D850, and uh, maybe a little more than two years ago, some sometime around when it came out, uh, and I yeah. really loved that camera and just uh, just everything that comes with it. So, so what is your what is your main um, thought on the differences between moving from Canon to Nikon? What were what were the selling features for you? Um, really, I think it was. This is going to sound really dumb, but it was really just me being bored of my gear at the time. Um, I just I wasn't happy with what I was getting with it. I think I just needed a change. Uh, we were on an Audi shoot, and Andrew Link was helping me out. He had the D850 at the time, and we were doing these like midnight rolling shots around downtown Los Angeles. And uh, I was using his cameras because it, it handled the ISO better, and one of his lenses had a stabilization on it. And just really fell in love with like how quickly. Um, just how quickly that camera kind of adapted to me, I guess, you know, or I adapted to that camera. It just felt natural, like right away. Um, sure. Yeah. You know, rented it a couple more times just to kind of see if it was really something that I liked um, to use long-term. And yeah, I just loved it. Everything just felt better on it. You know, just the ergonomics of it, like where the buttons are and how it felt in my hand, everything like that, which all kind of silly things, but it just felt good. So now I try and pick up my Canon gear, and it just feels like a foreign object. I'm not even trying to use it anymore. Interesting. Dude, I have so many people that have gone 
the opposite direction because they don't like things about Nikon. I, I've started on Nikon myself, and I always liked it because of the size and the grip and the way it felt in my hands, but I always struggled with <clears throat> um, focus. Like, the glass was adequate, but, man, the focusing systems on all my Nikons just seemed to never be as accurate as they were on my now Sony or Friends Canons. Interesting. And I don't know why. I don't know why. I have the D800, never got the D850 because I switched to Sony and stuck with Sony for the past few years. But, yeah, I don't know. Everyone's different. That's why I always like to ask what people are using because it's just always uh, always interesting to hear their experiences with different brands. Yeah, it is, um, especially with all the new cameras coming out, you know, with all the seems like every time I turn the computer on, there's a new camera being launched by somebody. Um, and, you know, they all seem to have great reviews. So it's just kind of what drives somebody to buy a certain camera, you know, all, with all the specs being pretty similar nowadays across the board for, for at least what we're doing. Now that we're talking about cameras, I'm curious, what, what are your thoughts on the Nikon mirrorless? Have you tried that one? I have not tried it, no. Um, there is a local guy uh, here in town that has, that has one of them. I'm not sure which one. I think it's the is it the Z the Z series cameras. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he doesn't seem very excited about it. Anytime I see him out and about, so it hasn't really pushed me to buy one. And then just with my experience with the Sony, um, it just just wasn't for me. It just didn't seem to hold up to what I was doing at the time. Um, and it, a lot of it just is the size and the weight of everything. Like I. I know that one of the big features on the Sonys is how light they are and how compact they are, but I like how big the D850 is and how sturdy it feels and how heavy it feels in your hands. Yeah, that, I agree that with you. That's like that, something to me. That's my biggest gripe with the Sony is actually the, the way it feels in your hands. It's it's too small. They they've made it too small. The only way it feels good is if you get a small rig, you know, thing around the side of it or um, a on a vertical grip on it to make it feel. Bigger and sturdier in your hand. That's my biggest gripe. Yep. Yeah. I like the. I did like the Sony for, um, for just walking around. Like I had a, a 35 and a 55 Prime on it, and it was great to just walk around the city or you know take little like vacation photos or stuff like that with it. But for my actual shoots, it just felt weird. You know, I just I could never really get into it. Yep. And do you ever rent um, some of the big medium format digitals ever on shoots? Uh, no, I haven't had the need to. Um, okay. Everything, you know, all the stuff that I've done, the DA50 has been able to handle. Um, I've worked with a couple guys that have used some of the phase cameras, um, but I, I myself have not needed to rent one. Final um, camera question. What's, what's your go-to lens? If I can get away with it, I love the 7200. Um, I, I love shooting on that lens. I think it's just got such a cool look. Um, I also love shooting wide, so anything like, you know, the 24 or somewhere in that range, like, you know, shooting nice and wide, I always love that too. Yep. yep. All right, cool. So um, when when exactly did the – I mean, was Cars the first thing um, you went from skateboarding stuff to right to Cars? How did – were you already interested in cars? Were you always a car guy? How did that start? Yeah, I've always had a slight interest in cars. Um, 
you know, just growing up at the skate park and then like doing all the four wheeling and motocross stuff, like just kind of naturally was drawn to all all sorts of, you know, action sports stuff, racing and all that. So I always had somewhat of an interest in cars. Um, it really wasn't until probably senior year of high school or so where I really got into them. I had a, a little Mustang at the time. And then when I got into college, I ended up getting a, a 350Z, which really kind of got me into all the car photography stuff uh, just because yeah. the, the Z and the, and the camera, they all, they both kind of happen at the same time. So I'd go out, take photos of that car. I, that car introduced me to car meets and car shows and the car forums and, you know, all that stuff at the time. So I'd go out, take photos of the car, post them up on the forums and take photos of car shows, and car meets and other people's cars and, Everything just went on the forums. Um, the more people would, you know, reach out, hey, can you shoot my car? Can you shoot this? Can you shoot that? And just kind of, you know, snowballed from there, really. Yep. Who are your, who are your, um, were you watching anybody at the time to help you develop your style? You, you have a, you know, a pretty recognizable style at this point. Um, obviously developed over many years. Who were you, who were your, like, um, kind of, uh, peers that you were watching early on that that uh, influenced your shooting yeah so there was a lot of guys that were on the forums at that time like i remember seeing uh like web bland stuff um jeff creech uh clint davis richard thompson uh, andrew link um i remember seeing all those guys you know that would uh will stern who was doing all the uh 360 forged and then the 80v1 photos at the time Yep, covering Miami for us. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you saw his stuff everywhere. Um, just because, you know, forums were huge then. This is, you know, 10 years ago. So forums was really, there wasn't, you know, the Facebook, Instagram like there is today. Right. How do you, how do you find inspiration back when there's, you know, people, like photographers, not just a finger click away? Is it just a pile of magazines? Is it like online car forums? So yeah, it was it was a lot of magazine work. Um, you know, I was buying every magazine just to to dissect the the photos of them. You know, all the modified and Super Street and and um, even all the Road and Track and Car and Driver, all that stuff. But, but it was really the I guess some of the more aftermarket stuff that it, that got me interested in it because I was curious about the lighting. Uh, you know, I was real curious about strobe work. And all that, so it was real fun to watch and try and figure out how Webb was doing his strobe stuff or how William was doing his strobe stuff. Um, and then some guys like Jeff Creech would do these really cool, um, and Clint Davis too would do these really cool behind-the-scenes layouts of like an image, you know, build videos and gifs and stuff. That right. was really fun to follow along, try and figure out. Like, okay, they're doing this and they're getting this. Like, what are the steps right. in between? You know, and I would just roll go sit out in the parking lot and try and replicate that, you know? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there, especially Clint. I've watched a lot of his, uh, I love his website and how he's got so many cool behind the scenes things on his website to show, um, show his shoots and, uh, always admired, uh, his work on there. Yeah. Yeah. He's got great work and has since the beginning, uh, web is another one, you know, I've always liked his, uh, just how clean everything was and how thought out it all was, all the lighting and the color and everything like that. He's always had a really unique look. 
Yeah, we just had a discussion with Webb, and I always, um, I, I really notice his his approach to shooting cars is very different than most. Not just he's not just out trying to get you know a cool image. He's out there trying to create art and see things in a different way, and that's always been uh, been pretty inspiring. Yeah, yeah, and especially then, you know, so many years ago, it's there wasn't a whole lot of that stuff at least that I had access to, you know, it was really just, so there wasn't all the Instagram and Facebook. And I guess Flickr was probably one of the bigger photo sharing yep. things at the time. Yep, for sure. Yeah. So I was, I was always big on there and just searching for car stuff, but the car, the automotive photographer world wasn't really that big then. You know, now it's everywhere you look, there's a new guy shooting cars, it seems. Right. But then it was a lot harder to find people who were doing it, it seemed like. Right. So the big guys that we all just mentioned really stood out in that small, smaller crowd of people. And I I'm, I was right there with you. I, I was watching them all and um, it was always so cool. Um, the world of automotive photographers has obviously exploded, like you just mentioned. But yeah, it, it's come quick in a short amount of time. I mean, 10 yeah. years ago, kind of when I was beginning here in Minnesota, was man, it was like me and just a couple other guys that were kind of notable and we didn't, I mean, we weren't, we were just amateurs too. And I, I consider myself still kind of an amateur, um, in a lot of ways. And, and it's just kind of crazy how fast things have come in the photography world, uh, with the advent of social media and, you know, everything else. I mean, it's, kids nowadays are, they, they're like five years old and they're, oh my gosh, like, a Ferrari, this and that. They they know what they're looking at because they're all seeing it from such young ages. The the um, enthusiasm is is incredible. Yeah, yeah. And then just with with all the the phones and all the editing apps and everything on your on your phone, like it really does let that five year old kind of be a photographer if he wants, you know, in a way, and at least kind right. of start to capture that and start to build that, you know, little that idea in his head like oh hey if i take this picture here the next time i take it here what's the difference or you know right. if i move here here what's the difference and so it's cool to see you know i know a lot of people don't really like the uh the sudden influx of it but it's it's cool to see everybody suddenly interested in photography you know when before nobody was really interested in it well, photography before was just, um, I mean, back in the film days, just a mere, you know, 20, 25 years ago when it was still a primary way of shooting, it was just a, a, a way of capturing family stuff or key kind of moments in life. It wasn't an everyday thing uh, with phones. It's changed everything. And, you know, there's there's a lot of ways you could look at it. You could say it's diluting the the um importance or the you know significance of a photograph um or you could say like you said it's 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 um it's making everyone interested in photos you know yeah yeah to an extent you know i i definitely see the uh the diluted part of it too you know or just people that you know they want to record they're spending more time looking at their their phone or looking at things through their phone than they're actually you know than they are actually enjoying anything so that's the, sure. the downside to it, I guess. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with pulling your phone out, snapping a picture and putting it away and enjoying the rest of the moment. It's a means for which people just use to 
you know, try to remember something, you know, it's not that it's like a photograph for themselves to make them happy. It's like, I'll just take a photo of something just to remember it. Cause then I'll scan past it three weeks later and be like, Oh yeah, I needed to do that. You know, so <laughs> yeah, like yeah. from that point, it, it's not a photo. It's like a, it, it's like a note to self almost. Totally. Like in high in college, you know, the teacher would put up like a presentation and kids would just pull out their phone and take a picture of the notes <laughs> or the presentation and not have to take any notes. So it's kind of turned into this weird thing where it's uh, just convenience. Yeah. Yep. I do it myself for that. Like you said, the, the note taking part, I, I take screenshots of things on my phone all the time. Uh, and then, because I know I'll go back and search through my photos for something and I'll see that. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm supposed to do this. You know? Right. <laughs> I'm definitely so, that. so Cliff, you've done a lot of things in the past few years in your photography career. What what are a few things off the top of your head that have just been some key moments in your development of your career and your style and yourself? What is there anything that just pops to mind with like just some crazy shoot or some crazy uh, cool moment that changed changed um, something for you? Um. Is it meeting someone of... Yeah, I, I don't know if I could pick one specific moment, but I think a lot of it is just a networking over the years and staying in contact with people and, and you know, kind of always following up and stuff. You know, a, lot of my, a lot of my jobs have come just from simple follow-ups, you know, meeting somebody on set that maybe they don't necessarily have something to do with that project, but they're there to stop in and say hello and see how things are going. And, you know, it's a simple email later. Like, oh yeah. Hey, by the way, we've got this project coming up, you know? So just, just little things like that that I've done over the years, I think have really helped grow my, my base. So that's good. Simple, simple contact. Yeah. Has there been any hurdles that you've had to get over um, during a shoot that was just an interesting uh, learning moment um, for you as a photographer? Um, I did learn that wrapped cars, not so much wrapped cars like vinyl wrapped cars, but sometimes manufacturers, if they don't have a, let's say they have an orange car, uh, but they want to launch the car in a blue, the it's not quite a plasti dip and it's not a vinyl wrap. It's some mix in between, like a peelable paint, but it looks like a real paint, feels like a real paint, but you could peel it off. It's, it's kind of different, but it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't reflect like metal since it's kind of got like a rubbery texture to it. Um, so the first time I had to shoot one of those cars, it was a, it's actually the Navara blue Q8 that I shot. Um, that car was orange underneath, but they wanted to shoot it in blue. I had shot the color before, and I knew how it lit, but I shot an actual car. This one was slightly different because it was this peelable paint that just absorbs uh. light. It just didn't reflect the same way like hitting the metal would. Um, it's just slightly different properties and textures. And that was interesting. That was a big learning curve in the middle of a shoot, you know, because it was a curveball just kind of thrown at right. you like hey by the way you know it would have been something we could have prepped for earlier on but to learn about it you know day of was a little interesting yeah would you start to get a little nervous or try to just get a little got a little sweaty there for a second trying to figure something out to make it look the way you wanted huh yeah yeah exactly so just you know 
spending a, a little longer than we needed to and trying to figure out, okay, now how do we light this? <laughs> we we lit this color before and we did it this way, but it's not working, so let's adjust. So I wouldn't call it a, you know, it wasn't a huge setback or anything, but stuff like that, you know, just kind of the day of things that pop up. It's like, oh, man, all right, now we have to regroup and let's figure out how to get around this. Are you using uh, battery-powered strobes? Like, like uh, pro generally, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Generally, I'll use uh, pro photos or I've got some Einsteins. So if I'm on location, you know, you, it'll be one of those two um, yeah. studio stuff. Obviously, a little, a little different, a little constant light. Yeah, I think you do. You must do a lot of light painting as well. Love light painting. Yep. <laughs> Actually, that was probably rewinding back the light painting stuff when we first figured that out was probably one of the, you know, I guess a key moment in my career that kind of, that did help things kind of take off a little bit just because of some of the cars sure. that I was doing it with. Those like the Mira and, and stuff like that. Those images got shared and pushed around and used as reference uh, for a lot right. of my future shoots uh, and still do today. But, uh, that, so that was probably one of those moments that it was like, hey, if we figure this out and figure out how to really perfect it, we can use this and apply this kind of unique look. You know? so that's always fun. I agree. Light painting is a very powerful thing, It's but there are those certain techniques you kind of got to learn to not, you know, like, there's a lot of ways to screw it up, obviously. So there's there's certain things you got to learn to 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 get around them. So have you used those new pixel stick things? Uh, I do. I do have two pixel sticks. Yeah. Yeah. You, are you using them on shoots? Not really. Uh, I, I picked them up for a project that we were doing with the MLS and Audi and we used them as some texture in the background um, of those sure. soccer players that we were shooting, but I haven't really used them for my car stuff yet. I've got a couple ideas, but I haven't uh, just haven't had a chance to go out and really do anything with them. Right. Do you think you're are you using them to light paint in their programmed ways, or do you use them just to kind of have backdrop with colored, you know, kind of like quasar tube kind of style light in the back? Yeah, we were using them uh, kind of as both. Where we had two set up with different colors on them, and we were kind of light painting. The, the people in a sense, so yeah. and given like a little bit of a little bit of color to the people and a little bit of color to the background, uh, with some some movement from the lights themselves. So uh. yeah, I haven't been sold on those yet. I I think that's a cool technology. Is it is it easy to work with? With the whole uh, you have to like upload your your designs and stuff into the Pixel Stick and then it does its thing. Is is it is it is it pretty easy to use? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty easy. I'm pretty okay. straightforward. The, the couple times that we've played with them, so we tested them out, you know, just at the uh, the Airbnb before we did it, and yeah, it was super easy. So yeah, definitely like to use them more. I've seen some guys doing some really cool stuff with them, like uh, Richard Thompson. If you follow him, has done some really cool, cool kind of yeah. 3D and like you know virtual reality type uh, background setups for his stuff. They look really awesome. It's right, otherworldly. It's really awesome. Otherworldly. Um, how has, uh, over the past year, um, speaking of, like, challenges, how has COVID 
been for you? Has it been a big, um, big problem for you? Has it been any setbacks? Um, how's it been affecting your business? Um, no, it didn't. Surprisingly, it didn't affect it too much. Um, on my end, it was almost a blessing in disguise because my son was born um, right in the middle of all the COVID stuff, or right at the beginning of it, I guess, in April. So it kind of let me just focus on, you know, everything was shut down for a little while. So let me just focus on being home and kind of figuring out the dad life and being with him and whatnot. Um, right. And then I was able to get out and do some personal projects and, you know, just kind of shoot some stuff on my own. So it, uh, it the summertime is not always the busiest, I guess, on my end. It's usually the fall, like the early, kind of the fall and then into the early part of the year. So still uh-huh. ended up doing a few projects last year. Um, obviously all the precautions and everything. But yeah, so it, it was a little scary in the beginning, obviously. Everybody pulled plugs on all the projects we did have lined up for March and April and May. But yeah. They're starting to slowly come back. So. Right. How about you? Did yeah. it affect your stuff much? Um, I would say the same answer. A lot of things just got pulled. I mean, we were we were charging into March um, with a lot of steam, doing a lot of things and a lot of things on the calendar, and then all of a sudden it just everything went quiet. You know, for for a couple months there in the spring, but I had uh, a lot of different rally stuff I was working on in the summer that kept me busy. So I ended up traveling a lot for rally car rallies last summer but um overall my year was down a bit you know on the on the books but um still a lot of great opportunities so yeah yeah definitely it was kind of a a reset to i used it as of like you know let's kind of catch up on all this stuff that i've been you know neglecting for so long because you know i'm out of town or when i'm in town i don't have the time to do it because we're shooting or whatever it is so it was, you know, a forced slowdown, forced break, I guess, which I never take. Uh, would prefer it to not have happened, but you know, hit the current things. How's this year look for you so far? Is it picking up? Sorry, this year? Yeah, are you still seeing some of the effects of uh, all the COVID stuff, or is most everything seem back to normal-ish in the? I would in your say I'm, I'm still world? a little. For some reason, I'm still a little slow. Slow start to this year. That's why. We're spending some extra time doing uh, this, this podcast, among other things. But, um, yeah, definitely definitely still a slow start to the year. A couple of the clients are still not bounced back uh, to the way they were at the beginning of 2020. But, um, yeah, hoping everything comes back this summer and uh, gets back to uh, a, a normal that looks familiar to us and um, people get willing to spend some money again. So. Yeah, yeah. I think there's. I think people are gonna realize that they almost need to spend money in a sense. You know, with everything shifting to online stuff, and I think a lot of people may realize that. You know, when they weren't set up for being online, they didn't have either media or the the outlets to share things on. You know, some of these businesses. I think a lot of guys are gonna. That once once everything comes back to normal, I think a lot of companies are gonna start go heavy media. You know. Video, photo, just. I, I, I hope so, and I and I agree with you. I think that uh, people, I mean, people are people. We we all keep moving forward, whether we like it or not. Time keeps moving, and in order to stay in business, you have to keep advertising. So that, that is, is hopefully good news for guys like us that uh, we can keep shooting for 
new projects and stuff. I mean, the manuf- car manufacturers are not slowing down. They're they're producing more and more stuff at every, you know every day. It seems like new cars are coming out, um, yeah. and a lot of cool stuff this year. You know, a lot of cool cars are coming out. It was interesting to see which guys, uh, like which car manufacturers or just which companies in general, kind of pulled plug on all the media. And that, there seemed to be two trains of thought when all the COVID stuff happened. It was, okay, shut everything down, and don't do anything, and then and get rid of the marketing 100%. Then there's the other train where they laid back on everything else but ramped up the marketing and the photo and the video and all that stuff. Seem like two different views on uh, some of the companies had. Yeah, it comes down to their their leadership and the choices that they make for this lockdown, and that's just fine. Uh, but it it is very noticeable because there's plenty of companies that kept chugging, and there's other ones that just put a halt on things. And all of a sudden, um, I feel like they've kind of fallen slightly behind on certain certain projects, especially ones that have released new products and new new cars and stuff. So it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I have a question we've asked, we've asked, uh, a few people we've interviewed in previous podcasts. What are your thoughts on CGI stuff and, uh, rendered, rendered images? Uh, do you think that they will, this is a, this is a pun, render us ineffective or render us, um, obsolete at some point? What are your thoughts on, on all that? I know there's a few photographers we've already mentioned that use it like Richard Thompson is, is using a mixture of reality versus rend, you know, CG stuff. What are your thoughts on that whole matter? Yeah, no, I uh, I embrace it. You know, I I love the CGI aspect of it. Um, I don't, I personally don't think it's going to you know render us and and people who are kind of you know only photo based you know obsolete or anything like that. I think uh, I think there's always going to be two different looks. You know, there's going to be some of the manufacturer work that they want very real, very in the moment. You know, you kind of look at what some of the Volkswagen or um, uh, Volkswagen, I think Subaru and some other companies are really leaning into like that lifestyle, you know, just kind of raw look. Um, and then you've got some of the, the really heavily CGI stuff that's, you know, perfect polish, like, you know, some of the Audi content that's come out lately or, um, uh, I can't even think. I think there was a Mercedes ad I saw recently where where it was a mix of lifestyle and CGI. So, so for the most part, I think you and I can kind of see which ones are which. But I mean, the general public doesn't notice um, that I'm all. They just say, "Oh, look, a pretty car." You know, like the, the that looks yeah. great. Like maybe I'll go buy one. But um, so how how have you used it? Have you used CGI stuff? Have you worked on mixed projects like that so far? Uh, I- I haven't done a lot. Um, I would love to do some more. I just recently finished up one that we shot at the end of last year for an Audi project where uh, I shot stills on the, the backside of, of their commercial, and they did the end image for the commercial, which was a six-car pack shot. And then we we shot the cars in a studio, and then we created a, a CGI environment around the cars um, to fit yeah. in the, the TV spot. So. You know, it was a fun, you know, play on both sides of it. So I think there's going to be a lot of that, which is, you know, what seems to be happening where either you shoot a, a practical car and put it into a CGI environment or vice versa. You know, you shoot the, go shoot the environment, which I've done in the past, and then we CGI the cars onto the environment. So, okay. 
We've only, I think we've only done like, three or four projects like that, but I'd love to do some more. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously an interesting concept. To me, it seems more difficult and more like more work, but I get that you can do things that way that you can't do any other way. I mean, putting a car into an environment, let's say you can't get into or don't have permission to or never will or or the opposite, shooting a car um, or shooting a, a, a background and then putting a CGI car into it. That's, I don't know. It's just, it's very interesting. You can do things um, that you just can't do otherwise, as Richard Thompson proves every time he posts one of his crazy, surreal uh, environment shots. Yeah. Yeah, his stuff is crazy. I haven't done anything like that. Most of ours has been, uh, most of our stuff has kind of been a time constraint need, you know? So when we shot the, let's see, we did a project here in Chicago where we shot locations in Chicago and then we, the, the cars were CGI'd onto them for Audi, but the cars weren't out yet. Uh, you know, it was a, at the new S6 and S7, so they didn't actually have production cars available here, and they wouldn't have okay. them for a certain amount of time, but they needed the imagery, blah, blah. So it ended up just being a time thing, um, which I think is, it happens a lot, you know. Um, you see yeah. a lot of that stuff where it's, Hey, we need the we need to launch these images, but the car isn't going to be ready. So how can we do this? <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's where the CGI stuff definitely uh, has the upper hand. That's where it, I think that's a a great place to be using it when when it's just not available. I, I I don't like to see it done when it doesn't have to be done personally, but when it's when it is on a time constraint or cars aren't available and stuff that that makes sense to me for sure. Yeah, uh, it definitely gives a, a different look too. It's been cool to see uh, what some of the guys have come up with. Like, I forget which photographer it was. Um, maybe Tony Harmer or Alex Bernstein. I think one of those guys teamed up with one of the CGI houses and they did a cool project of like race cars in the middle of New York or something. You know, so. Oh, I think I saw that. Yeah, it lets you create things that, like you said, like just. Would, you know, it'd be really hard to get a 917 in the middle of New York City, you know. But if you can yeah. go shoot that scene and, and make it look cool. Or I think uh, Tom Wheatley, I think, was another guy that was doing some cool stuff like that. I don't yeah. know if his was really CGI more so than just really composite work of, like, shooting Porsche race cars and putting them up on rooftops and grease. And, you know, it was a really cool, really cool piece. Yeah. So, yeah, very cool ideas there. I I, lo I love seeing that stuff. Stuff that, you know, doesn't matter to the viewer whether it's reality or not. If it if it looks convincing, it's good enough because it's just a hella cool image, right? Yeah, exactly. Which and at some which point, is what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah, at some point, that's that's the end game, right? You know, just trying to make some cool imagery. So, right. Yeah, I mean, I I'm I try to develop my style a little bit just to be more not just reality, you know, I, I'm trying to always try new things and, and edit more things that are unique, but make my work more about the image, make it more of an, a piece of art when it's a private shoot, of course, like a, a personal shoot, um, make it something interesting that is cool to look at on the wall. That's, it doesn't have to necessarily tell a story, um, like ab about reality. It's, I just want to, illustrate my subjects 
in the most interesting way possible and make them look great. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, that's the way I'm trying to do things personally, but um, it's cool seeing everyone's styles. It's just, it's such a cool industry. I, I've always enjoyed seeing what all these people do and so much inspiration out there, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's about once a week. I try and get on, you know, the haunts or uh, some of the Facebook groups and, and just spend a couple hours just scrolling through through work you know there's so many guys out there that i know a handful of guys that i came up with but there's so many guys it seems like there's more guys that pop up every day you know just with cool unique ideas with oh wow how come i had never thought about that before you know so it's it's fun just seeing everything with the with cgi or not you know um the cgi stuff gives me some cool ideas to try practically sometimes um right Right. Um, so what have been, you've shot pretty much all sorts of different kinds of cars, every different kind of car, trucks down to supercars and all everything in between. What have been your favorite brands, marks to work with that, uh, you personally just enjoy the most working with? Um, I like old stuff. So I like vintage European stuff. Um, if I can shoot anytime I get some of that in front of my lens, um, I'm pretty happy. Um, old race cars I love. And then pretty much any anything around that era. And then if it's new stuff, I love just shooting anything that we could get dirty. You know, I've had a lot of fun doing some of the truck stuff lately or, you know, even little SUV stuff. Just something where, you know, kind of, even if it's not crazy off-road, just a light off-road, you know. It's a nice scenery. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The uh, safari car. I know you've shot a number of times. Getting that real. Oh yeah. Good. Yep. Yeah. That's yep. that's the uh, that's the dream car right there. <laughs> oh, for sure. Because you have a nine six four, correct? Yeah. Yep. Is it is it a Carrera? Just a base model engine, or what? Which model is it? Yeah. Yeah, Carrera four. So. But you put some miles on it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I drive that car. You know, I've, I think I've owned it this this year. I think it'll be seven years I've had that car. Um, but for the first, let's see, four years or so, it was my daily driver. I drove it everywhere, winter, rain, snow, didn't matter. Drove across country. Um, well, not cross country, but here to the East Coast. Our plan was to drive it to Luftekult, but um, it, it got canceled at the last minute. So, um I bet you haven't lost a dime on that car yet, have you? With all the driving, even. No, no, I shouldn't have. Um, I think even with uh, last year, it was down for about a year just to do a big engine rebuild and and uh, fix some body issues and it got a whole repaint and everything. But even with all that work, um, I got into the car, you know, before they skyrocketed. So, you know, yeah. And it's a car that I really don't, I don't really pay attention to the value of it because it's not going anywhere you know that's a forever car so pass that on to to my son when he's of age and you know just i've got 157,000 miles on the car now i think i would love to roll that odometer over just hit that million mile mark or something (laughs) so but you just said it got rebuilt too yeah yeah we just did a engine reseal and and rebuild and whatnot uh not this past winter but the previous winter just the you know, it's an old okay. air-cooled 911. It was leaking all sorts of oil. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, but with rebuilds, you know, you're you should be good to go for another many tens of thousands, and then you just rebuild it again. Yeah, yeah, that's the idea. So I mean, it should be good, you know, for hundred thousand, two hundred thousand miles or so. You know, if it, um, you know, everything was put back together correctly, so should be right. should be pretty bulletproof. They're they're strong cars. You know, mine leaked a lot. So but it was strong. So if so many photographers photographers I've talked to, it seems like so many don't actually like shoot their own cars, even when they have kind of an interesting car. I think you've done a pretty good job of photographing your own car. I think you probably test a lot of spots, like new locations and ideas on it. Um, but you've definitely shot your car more than I've shot my car. <laughs> yeah, it, it is hard. I, you know, I, I've owned the car. Like I said, I think this year will be seven years. And, um, I've shot a handful of photos, like actual photos of it. I've got tens of thousands of cell phone photos of it, but uh, mm-hmm. actual setup shoots. I've probably only got a, a dozen or so, um, like actual photos that I've come away with. Because you know, I will test locations and stuff, but it's usually like a one and done. You know, roll into a spot, snap a couple frames, maybe get one that I like, figure out if the spot will work, and then move on. But this year, I want to change that. I want to spend some more time actually shooting that car and uh you know and test some ideas and, and just use it to my advantage you know it's a car that i enjoy a lot and it photographs well so yep we definitely share the love of porsche i know that yeah yeah how do you like yours here's a uh, cayman right i have a cayman s i i would obviously love a 911 um but the caymans uh were in my budget and for yeah, the money, they, they they really can't be beat. I bought it for $26,000, and what else can you get on the market that looks as good, drives like a Porsche, is is adequately fast, and you can set it up to be a amazing track car? T- tell me what else you can get. I know a friend of mine is screaming right now at his, at his speaker saying a Camaro uh, Z28, but... Um, can you get those for twenty six grand? You can buy them used, yeah. Some the older really? ones, but oh. um, yeah. I mean, there there are there are some others that are good, but as a package, I I love my car, and it's uh, it's going to go through some changes this year too. So cool, yeah. No, they're great cars. I've I've always liked those. Um, when I had my when I had my 350Z, like the 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 jump up would have been like if I went to a, another similar type car, I would have tried to get into a Cayman. That was what I was looking at then. But yep. they were they were so far, this was ten years ago they were so far out of price range at that point you know, I was like oh yeah I can't uh, I can't swing that <laughs> many years yeah. later I was able to get the 964 which was nice but, yeah that is a great looking car so we're getting a little uh, a little long here so a couple more a couple more important questions here sure. um, before we wrap it up but what what is it about cars that gets you excited about photography I mean you work with you know cars directly on shoots that it's just a beauty shots of cars and then even when you're working with models and stuff to create ads and stuff and if there's car stuff related to it i still get excited i know you still get excited what is it about cars that can you can you describe uh for for the listeners what what is it about cars that just floats your boat i think it's just how different each shoot is with a car you know just each car reacts different in a different in every location. You know, you get one location and cycle twelve different cars through it. You could get a different look for every piece. You know, um, you know they just all 
just all look different and they photograph different. The lines are all different. I don't know. They're just a, I'm really not even sure how to answer that, but I just, I love just finding the lines of, uh, of cars, you know, finding that nice sharp shoulder line, like just finding all those pieces that really make the car stand out. So that's that's what I like, you know, I like like how different each one is. I'd I'd second that. That's a great answer. I mean, they all have a different, they all invoke a different emotion um, just from their design, from the design standpoint. And that's, it's fun to bring that out when you're given the creative freedom uh, for any given car, for sure. That's, it's a, yeah. it's a great subject matter. And, and I, I always love when you have a non car photographer shooting a car because they photograph it like it's a person or like it's a wedding or like it's a uh, something else. Like it, it is very interesting. It's cars are very unique to photograph. I mean, they're reflective. They're, you know, they're shaped in all different ways. They reflect the light in every different way you can imagine and to be good at capturing um the complexities of a car it it, it is very different you know very different yeah it's like shooting a gigantic you know 20 foot long mirror (laughs) very much um you know and and every there's no real scenario where what you did today is going to work the same tomorrow you know it's like you shoot right. a white car in this driveway here today and then shoot a black car in this driveway here tomorrow and they're going to be two totally different looking things you know um, they're just going to everything reacts different it's just constantly changing which i think is what keeps it interesting you know it's very hard to get bored shooting cars i feel like so you just take it to a new location and it's a totally different game a totally different yep. you know technique used and hurdles to jump over and all that so yep yep sweet so i have another question though about about your social media you seem to have a great social media uh, like instagram a presence and frankly i don't know how you have the time uh to do as much as you do unless you have somebody help you but how how do do you have i mean how do you have the time for the level of postings you do you seem like you're you're just jamming on there all the time and it looks awesome i love seeing your work and the the number of stories you put up about all your you know shoots and stuff that just are awesome and um yeah. i don't know i guess Thanks. i'm just crushing on it yeah uh i mean it, it's not as time consuming i guess as as one would think you know it's a lot of just like i'll spend you know an hour or so at the beginning of the week and get a general plan of okay hey i've got what haven't I posted lately? You know, I've got this new work. Okay, I've got these images. These are the ones I'm going to put up. And I'll have everything all sized and put up on my phone and everything. Uh, yep. And, you know, once I put up, I like to do things in order of three. So, you know, if I put up the safari car, cool, the next two are probably going to be safari car photos, you know. So that kind of plans that out. Um, mm-hmm. I like some sort of a theme to my stuff uh, or like a, an organization, I guess. Um, so yeah, it's not as time consuming, you know, as one would think, you know, maybe spend an hour or two sometime during the week and just kind of prep some files and load them to my phone. And, you know, mine's pretty, uh, mine's pretty hands off. I kind of post and shut it off. I don't really pay attention to it other than that. You know, I don't, I probably should be better at, you know, responding and interacting with people, but, uh, I don't, I just, I don't like being on my phone. <laughs> so I post and shut it off and then. I open it back up when I'm going to post again for the most part. Right on. Well, more power to you. I'd say it, 
I'd say from my perspective, it's I'm always impressed with with how much you put out there and the quality and you know the just all of it. I, I I've been impressed. So if you if you can do all that and still manage to turn off your phone and hang out with your family, then then you're doing you're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's just the phone just becomes such a suck. You know, it's just a time suck. So I, there's there's definitely times where I've got to be on it. You know, to prep some of the uh, the Instagram stuff or whatever social stuff, but um, for the most part, it's nice to just kind of put it on on silent, turn it upside down, and let it sit. So. Right on. Well, I think that's gonna kind of bring us to the close here. We've been talking for uh, for long enough. Um, there's obviously a lot more I we could talk about. I think that uh, I, I'm been honored to have you on the podcast and get to chat a little bit about your photography styles and career and um all that it's it's just it's really cool to share um share a conversation with with others in this industry and and uh, help educate people that might have questions and things like that so um yeah yeah appreciate you being on yeah no problem yeah. Uh, thanks for having me and if uh if you want to do round two sometime let me know absolutely dude um, so before you go, just shout out, uh, for the, uh, few people that probably don't follow you yet. What's your Instagram, uh, handle? Uh, it's just at Jeremy Cliff. Pretty much everything across the internet is just my first and last name, Jeremy Cliff, YouTube, Facebook, forums back in the day, website, just <laughs> always kept it simple, straight to the point. Yeah. What's your MySpace? Probably Jeremy Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude. Well, thank you so much for being on today um, and uh, chatting about photography and cars. And um, we will talk again soon, but uh, appreciate it. And uh, that is all for us today here at Shutter Speed Media. Um, If you don't already follow Jeremy on Instagram and everywhere else across the Internet at uh, at Jeremy Cliff. um, And that's going to do it for us. Ben, sign us out. I'm going to go and uh, look through a bunch of his photos. It was really fun hearing you talk today and hearing your story. So thanks for coming on. Okay. Thank you, guys. That's it, man. Thank you. All right. Have a good one.